fan, welcome to episode 191 of Eddie and his amazing friends podcast. This is a very familiar voice to you. Uh, you guys have heard me a handful of times in the in the day back when this podcast went by another name. Of course, my name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. I am joined, of course, by the main man, the the brains and the muscle behind the entire operation, my good friend Eddie Cornelison at E D D Y C A five. Eddie, how are you doing on this? Lovely, lovely Wednesday, January 30th evening, sir. I am doing great. Very quick story. Uh, I was almost done with my taxes. I like to do them early just to get it out of the way because I usually, I keep it around either I owe 100 or I get paid 100. I don't like to do too much. This year, I was owing like 350. I was like, eh, it's a little more than I'd like. Then I plugged in some tuition stuff that I didn't think would affect it that much and then all of a sudden it's like boom $1,000 refund I was like all right everything's coming up me but yeah we are not alone because the universes are colliding we've added a, a big movie like this needs not just one host I'll be host one Kay will be host two and Simon will be host three Oh, man, I didn't get to do the voice. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Great to be back. Yep, and you can follow yeah. him at SGC Speaks on Twitter, X, whatever, so. Yeah, yeah whatever. What, Twitter if you're a normie like myself, <laughs> X if you're in the cult of Elon. Um, that rebranding has not gone well. <laughs> real, real quick, congratulations to uh, fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. Shout out Floyd Johnson, my good friend. Uh, good luck. No, actually, I take that back. No good luck in the Super Bowl. And a shout out to the 49ers, of course. We'll see who wins. Especially- yeah, that'll... yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see how that uh, ends up in about a week and a half from this recording date. Since we're shouting out sports and entertainment, a special shout out to one CM Punk. Yes. And, yes. The <laughs> Chicago made a... Uh, <laughs> torn torn triceps, man. Of course, yes. If only there was I'll, some I'll... indication that he had an injury history. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm going to say, though? I, like, I will say this. As someone who deals with soreness in the triceps area, that probably hurt like hell. All I'm saying. Well, I know it did. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the report said like, he tore it off the bone. Yeah. And that, like I'm like I said, man, like I feel like just laying in bed and just doing nothing with my arms all day when my triceps are sore, let alone imagine tearing them. Ugh. Sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. Power through the match. So shout out to him for doing that. But all, but real realistically, he needs to stop. Yeah. He, he waited. He waited that he decided to go right into UFC instead of doing the smart thing and just going to a different wrestling company. Uh, the UFC stint didn't work out. He did his own thing for years, and then he came back to AEW. Mind you, he had multiple injuries throughout his career. The guy split his head one time, uh, in in the either in the Indies or in Ring of Honor, one of the two. He's had multiple injuries during his WWE his first WWE run. Everyone remembers all of them. Half of them happened during his WWE Championship period. Towards meniscus, I think. Uh, had an elbow issue. He, he's had a multitude of things. This was this was always going to happen. Injury and time away never yields these uh yields you getting better or something like that. Time away typically makes it worse. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, if he was gonna try and you know come back after so much time away and 
extra injuries in the process. Probably want to take some uh, ayahuasca or whatever it is Aaron Rodgers was doing to heal his um, <laughs> meniscus in, yeah, in, 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 in the span of two months. Yeah, I don't know. Three surgeries in two years. That's uh, that's no fun. And then he's in his mid-40s. That's got to be yeah. sore. Sore getting I up. I hate it for him. I hate it for him. I would say, you know, go, uh, go, go produce matches for the WWE. Go, you know, go be a trainer at the PC. Do that kind of thing. They love him as a commentator. I, yeah. I would even argue he doesn't even have to necessarily stop wrestling, but you can't, you shouldn't, uh, or, or, hold on, I, I, I haven't been following the TV that much. Has he wrestled a match aside from this? He had a uh, house he show match. It was like, what, he, 10 minutes or whatever? I don't know. He had a match with Dom on the uh, Christmas house show tour. Okay, so basically he's done no he's, – he's wrestled maybe four times. All right, yeah. now, forget what I was about to say. He, he just needs to either come back for that one match and and see what happens or just hang it up. Honestly, probably just hang it up. He should be 30th in the Rumble next year, and the, fir- the there should be two people left in the ring, and as he's walking, they accidentally eliminate each other, and then he just walks in the ring and wins. Doesn't wrestle <laughs> a match until the main event of Mania, and whatever happens in that, and then it's like he can retire after that. It's like he can, he can get his dream, and then n- literally no risk. There we go. Call John, I- call John Cena for, for next year's yeah. WrestleMania, please. Yeah. Yeah, they'll figure it out for sure. Also, yeah, and we're going to get into it. Uh, you know, we're not going to stay on the wrestling subject too long, but shout out Drew McIntyre. That was hilarious. You know, I'm not a very spiritual man, but I prayed for this, and it happened. Hey, that was the <laughs> Eddie Brock Venom or uh, Spider-Man 3 promo. Like, could you kill Peter Parker? <laughs> yeah. That's immediately what I thought of. I was like, I love it. Way to, way to bring yeah. it all together. Mm-hmm. Yes, there we go. There we go, but no toe for grace in this, unfortunately. Nope, nope, but there is Venom, technically. Sort of, yeah. Yep. Uh, I didn't write any of the facts or figures down, I just watched the movie, so from here, this is your show, sir. Alright, well, let's, uh, it was December 17th, 2021. Uh, let's do, um, let's do the time capsule first, how about that? Oh, crap, I forgot about the time capsule. Well, you were celebrating Christmas. There you go. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I forgot about the concept of the time oh. capsule, which is ironically something I created. That's true. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Number one song, yeah. "Easy on Me" by Adele, same as last week. Our champions, all the same but one. So, but we'll go through them. WWE Champion Big E, Universal Champion, still Roman Reigns. That may actually end before the podcast ends. I didn't think yeah, that maybe. would. Happen. I honestly didn't think that would happen. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa was NXT champ. Raw Women's champ Becky Lynch. SmackDown Women's champ Charlotte Flair. This was right after they did the belt swap that I complained about last week. Uh, NXT Women's champ Mandy Rose. AEW World Champion. This one's new. Hangman Adam Page. And we know who wins that one. We just talked about him. Uh, and AEW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. And IWGP is Shingo Takagi. Um, so, let me see. What was I up to in December of 2021? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, I got my my mom a real nice gift. We were, there's only like five uh, walruses in uh, zoos in America. 
And one of them happens to be in Indianapolis, which is not too far. And we wanted to go because my uncle has this funny story where when he was in Alaska, some woman was like, had binoculars or something. She's like, look out there in that iceberg. You see that walrus? He's like, no. She's like, oh, well, it is. And then just walked away and we're like, what the hell was that? So I thought it'd be fun to see the walrus at the Indianapolis Zoo. And then we get there. He's sick. Damn it, walrus. Now we got to go back. So that was what I was up to in December of 2021. <laughs> did the walrus have a name? I'm sure he did, but uh, he was sick. But they, they at least they had a really good dolphin exhibit. That was something. Be, be careful around them dolphin, dolphin exhibits, bro. Why is that? They're predators, dude. Oh, I know. Well, yes. except the playoffs. hey uh, let's see. Facts and figures. Oh, history with the movie. I almost forgot. I saw it in theater and I had to buy my tickets like a month in advance, as I'm sure you both did. Uh, I saw it in theaters three times in the span of a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the third was just impulse. We were like, ah, oh, we got nothing better to do. Let's go watch Spider-Man again. So, so my so my birthday falls around the 20th, so, uh... I believe this was in theaters in 2021 on the Friday premiere. So I know if, I saw it opening day, which is something I rarely do for movies. And I saw it uh, again with a friend. I knew for I knew the I knew from all the r- rumors and everything else that I was going to go see this movie. Period. I've always been a fan of Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man, but knowing what they had in store for us, there was no way I was missing this. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I, I didn't get to go to my normal theater. I had to go to a different one just because it was sold out. But it's crazy. So, facts and figures. Budget, $200 million, which was less than last week's Eternals. Box office, man, I didn't realize it was... I knew it was high. I didn't know it was this high. $1.922 billion. Jeez. I know, that puts it at number three behind the two in Infinity War and Endgame. That's a profit $1.722 billion, which is just barely behind Infinity War, by the way. Infinity War was $1.73, this is $1.72. So, and then the inflation, it's a $1.94 billion. And then, like I said, it's right below Infinity War and right above Age of Ultron, so... Rarified air for Spider-Man No Way Home. And COVID is officially, you cannot use that as an excuse anymore for a poor performing box office. If this can get nearly <laughs> $2 billion in 2021, that excuse is dead. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm looking at you, Morbius. Also, um, just looking ahead to the one movie that's coming out this year, it's gonna even with what's in store for that, it's going to be hard for any movie to uh, top any recent MCU movie to top the 1.9 that this movie generated. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Deadpool has a shot at a billion. I think realistically it'll probably settle around 800 million, which is great, but uh, I think that's might where it end up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like the general public, maybe not you know at large, but like a, a portion of the general public just kind of has Marvel fatigue. Perhaps this is the only Marvel movie, so that's helpful, and it's yeah. the return of Hugh Jackman, so that's that's good. But 
We'll see. They better do a great job on the trailers. That's what I would suggest. Because I will, I will say this much, man. And I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded. Maybe you know. Maybe as I get older, inch closer and closer to thirty years old. Um, try not to think about that. Um, <laughs> I just get more jaded, I guess. But like, honestly, personally, the, the next um, comic book, pardon me, comic book movie that I look forward to, um, is honestly Superman Legacy. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also pretty interested personally in the Batman part two. Yeah. Oh yes, yep. yes for sure. DC's gonna be killing it, man. Oh yeah. I got I got a feeling they're they're make, they're about to make a big comeback. Yeah. It's funny because uh, this year I uh, I was watching a video on YouTube. It was it was specifically about um. It was like a rumor, like, is Andrew Garfield in Madam Web at all in a cameo or whatever? And I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll I'll watch just to see. And ultimately, it doesn't sound like he's in the movie, which makes me wonder what Thank the purpose of the movie God. is. But the the guy was like, you know, Spider-Man fans are going to be eating good this year, which I, I think that I hate that term. It's so stupid. It just sounds dumb. <laughs> but he's like, yo, you got Madam Web, Craven, and Venom 3 and Spider-Man freshman year. I'm like, now wait a minute. I'll give you Spider-Man Freshman Year, another animated show that, you know, that's one of the big reasons I fell in love with Spider-Man was an animated show, so I'm fine with that. <laughs> the other three, this is a, <laughs> of all the years, this is the big year where the spotlight is on Sony. There's there's really no DC movies that I can think of, I don't, no, no, there is not. And there's one Marvel movie, so the spotlight's on Sony this year, and uh, I I don't think it will go well. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Craven has promise, I guess. <laughs> um, which reminded me, there was big news that happened. Speaking of Sony, there's a bit of a a disagreement. Sony would like Spider-Man 4, which is the sequel to the movie we're about to review, to be another bring in all the Spider-Men, big epic save the world movie. Kevin Feige wants the opposite, small-scale, neighborhood Spider-Man. Your thoughts, gentlemen? I'll take the lead on this one. Um, I mean, I'm okay with doing, you know, uh, like a more of a small-time scenario. Personally, what I would do, I w- you know, just get it right out of the way. Not going to do it, you know, not bringing back Garfield or Tobey Maguire. You know, we've, they've done that, you know. And uh, that that's a carnival trick you can go to one time, maybe not a second time, maybe not a good idea. That being said, you know, doing a solo movie and, you know, doing it away from, and, you know, I mean, this movie is two and a half years old now, um, or just over two years old now, so I guess this isn't really a spoiler. But, you know, going away from Ned and MJ and, you know, introducing, you know, this universe is Harry Osborn and this universe is Norman and there's so many possibilities you could, you know, you could go with here. You know, is Tom Holland playing Peter Parker? Has he picked up a pseudonym by chance? Who knows? But I would go, you know, solo Spider-Man on this one for sure. Uh, same. I've I've even thought about it probably more than most people. But if 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 they came to me and was like, Eddie, what what should we do? How should we do this movie? I would say, okay, 
it's time to start paying off some of these things that you teased but did not have not yet paid off. Um, which we talked a lot about in Eternals. So let's not let's not be Eternals. Let's be let's be uh, forward thinking here. Which um, by the way, don't do the three Spider-Man again. You can save that for Secret Wars, maybe, but uh, it, it, you know, in wrestling, you can't give people like back to back what they want. You got to make them wait. You know, like imagine last year if Cody just won the title at Backlash, it'd be like that sucked. So you got to make them wait. So, uh, yeah. So here's how I do it. If you watched Echo, spoiler, it ends with Kingpin contemplating running for mayor. I would have him win mayor. Uh, so he would beat uh, old Eric Adams and become the new mayor of New York City, and he would appoint his number one guy, Wink, as uh, Donald Glover's prowler. In reality, his real number one guy is going to be Michael Mando's uh, scorpion. We tease prowler as Donald Glover already, and it will introduce his nephew, Miles, and then Spider-Man can team up. He was... He, this movie ended with him being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, so I don't know why you would pivot from that. But would have uh, him team with Daredevil, that sort of thing. And then maybe an end credit mo- uh, scene, you could have two. One, where Miles gets bit by the spider. And two, where that little piece of symbiote made its way all the way from Mexico to New York City. And then maybe you could see it like drop from the ceiling and land on Peter's book bag or something. That's what I would do, and uh, I will offer that idea to uh, Sony slash Disney for free. Just make that movie, and I'll be happy. There you go. It's a free idea. So would that mean that in Spider-Man 5, we get to see Tom Holland do a dance scene? Yeah, of course. Of course. Dig on this. (laughs) Get on up. (laughs) Man, man. I don't care what anybody says. Spider-Man 3 is kind of cringe at times, but boy, is it funny. It's memorable. Oh. It is like, I have seen so many mediocre-ass comic book, comic book movies that I don't remember jack about them. Dude, three weeks ago, I saw Aquaman uh, and the Lost Kingdom. I, I can't tell you jack about that movie right now. But here okay. we are. Here we are, you know, 15 years later. And there are so many scenes from Spider-Man 3 I still remember, and remember fondly. Ah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. There has been worse that have come out. Much, much worse. Yeah. Sorry, I uh, interrupted you there, Simon. How you feeling, man? Make it unanimous. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate, without getting too much of my opinion away, I appreciate what they did. This is obviously coming off of the success of spider-man into the spider-verse but it's okay because it's doing it in a different way and it's doing it with different characters because there are advantages to live action and there are advantages to animation uh as i think nostalgia critic explained it in the review i watched of him for this movie these characters had the spider-man the characters we see in this movie had to be the characters that we saw because these are the ones we've established a connection with and so it made sense to do it in the way it's presented in the story overall. It has some hiccups, but overall, it was the, it, it 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 was uh it made sense. Bringing back the other characters, there's no real way I can fathom this making any type of sense 
And it would be some strength. It would be a stretch of logic to even get to that point because you've set up this Peter to be by himself. Um, and we need to see him do that. We've seen him. One of the advantages of seeing Peter, we got, when Peter was brought into the MCU, one of the advantages was that we got to see him in a world full of heroes, in a world of people to bounce off of, just like the comics. One week he's teaming up with this hero. The next week he's getting help from somebody else. Or, or he's at least talking to somebody about a problem. We saw that a lot with this interpretation of Spider-Man. But we haven't seen the more grounded aspects of him outside of what was presented in Spider-Man Homecoming. This is a perfect opportunity has been presented to delve into some of the more depressing aspects of the character. We've seen him in, in be relatively happy throughout his entire uh, time as Spider-Man. I think it's time to delve into some of the worst aspects of that superhero life because it's going to fuel so much good stories. Cause there are a lot of stories that start with Spider-Man being depressed and him working his way through that, making new connections, making new friends, saving people and recognizing how much that means to him. And in this situation, he's literally rebuilding his life. So there's no way you can tell me that go going back for a, a, a double scoop of the multiverse is a good idea. At least this soon. Like you already said, this is a movie that this if they want to come back, come back to this, they need to pitch that to include in Secret Wars in whatever multiversal movies are coming up during this phase. Putting it into the Spider-Man movies as they've been set up initially is a bad decision and it won't end well. Yeah, well said. I would I would even uh yeah, like you said, I mean that we've we've seen this Look, I think Spider-Man works better as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's not to say you can't do the Avengers Save the World Spider-Man, and we saw that, but we haven't really got to see Tom Holland uh, do that apart from the Avengers, and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm hoping Sony doesn't screw it up. The other thing, uh, you can introduce even new people. You know, Felicia Harding could be dropped in there, and then maybe Zendaya comes back in the movie at the very end or something. Something like that, but uh, yeah, get, you know explore new things but um yeah don't do the, the same thing again i don't i don't understand that's just you're going back to it too soon i don't get it anyway uh oh i didn't do the rotten tomatoes so pretty high critics 93 percent fans 98 percent i'd like to meet the two percent who are like i didn't like it <laughs> all right uh, a gigantic cast. Um, I would say just hit the highlights, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, we'll start with just uh, the villains. So we got Alfred Molina reprising his role as Dr. Octopus. Um, he, he picked up right where he left off, literally saying, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. That was great. Uh, so he's right back to where he was. Um Let's see. Uh, Jamie Foxx is Electro. Much improved. They got rid of that goofy, translucent blue skin or whatever. And, you know, much better. Much better. And then he got the mask, kind of, with the electric bolts around his face. That was cool. Uh, who else? Um, well, we got... Uh, um, let's see. Got the voice of Kirk Connors. Yeah. He's back. Rice hey, shout Stephens. Out to, hey, shout out to Lizards, man. Yeah. Did you, yeah, did you get 
Did did you go see uh, Godzilla minus color? No, I did. I just, I saw minus one, but not minus color. Well, I mean, I will say this: uh, minus color is a good watch, uh, but your first watch needs to be in color for you to fully appreciate the effects. It got robbed from best picture, by the way. Oh, I know, yeah, I know, I know. It wasn't gonna win, but just nominate it. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. We've talked about him plenty. Oh, boy. Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin, the main villain. We can talk about him a little bit. I, I thought just great. Uh, Disney clearly was like, we're not doing this mask. I liked the mask. It was a guilty pleasure. I know a lot of fans did not, but Disney literally smashed it and was done with it. So Yeah, that's... Uh, but you know what? It worked out. I thought he was better without it. Even though I liked the mask, I thought he was better without it. They purpose, they tried their best to get a lot of people to, a lot of the villains to more comic book counterparts. And I feel like they did, they did it the best with the Green Goblin. Finding that purple little uh, shirt or whatever it was, uh, Poncho he threw over himself watching it get burnt up, perfectly melding in, looking just like the comic book version a little bit, and him using his actual face, giving how great of an actor Willem Dafoe is, oh. and how he uh, how he, he kind of ma- he kind of looks like a goblin in some ways a little bit without being too offensive to him. Yeah. Because yeah. when he because when he is hamming it up and just laughing, I'm not gonna get to the I don't want to in the scene where he's fighting uh, Spider Man. That was the first time I ever recalled actually feeling fear for Green Goblin. Other times it was like, yeah, he's a he's a he's a super he's a super villain. This is the first time I was like, yeah, that would probably scare me too. Because <laughs> you're just raining down blows and he's just eating it and mm-hmm. doesn't give a damn. Yeah, that's that that moment alone stood out to me, and it's one of the yeah. best moments in the film. Dude, I'm saying if I'm going ham on someone and they're playing Rocky Balboa defense with their face and laughing at me, oh, that's a problem. Well, up next we've got, uh, I was thinking about this today with our Sydney Sweeney discussion in our group chat. Uh, <laughs> the Spider-Verse, man. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, the Spider-Verse. You have Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney now coming in. Spider-Verse is picking up like some, in my opinion, uh, some of the hottest women on the planet. So I mean, uh, yeah, it's it, you know, it, it's definitely an upgrade from those dogs, Kirsten Dunst and, and <laughs> Emma Stone. At least it's not Halle Berry. Barf. Ugh. <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> uh, For those that don't recall, go back and listen uh, to the Catwoman episode. The only movie that broke the scale at negative five. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, she was she was great in this. I I especially liked what was it? The um her actual loss of memory when she was up in that coffee shop or whatever it was she worked at, I guess. Um and it actually it was really more the way Tom Holland acted, but I mean, she just was like I mean, and it's funny because they're dating in real life, so it's like to see her be like just another customer, and then seeing like Tom Holland 
like the heartbreak on his face. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and he's going to read this prepared statement and everything, and I don't know. Maybe they should have just recorded a video before they cast the spell, but I'm just going to assume those videos get deleted with Doctor Strange's yeah, spell. <laughs> d- yeah, don't. Uh, I'm not going to be that guy. Don't uh, don't try to don't try to think too logically about it because if you do, it's going to fall apart. No, I mean the the only plot hole is Electro did not know that this was Spider-Man. I'm just going to assume when he said I was absorbing all the data that somehow maybe Harry Osborn typed in his computer that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and he absorbed that data. And they didn't want two Green Goblins, especially when one is much less... Uh, when knows, one is man. much more superior than the other. So we're just going to be like, yeah, Electro. And sure, he knew him. Why not? Green Goblin. You're trying man. your hardest yeah. with that. <laughs> but no. Well, look, would you rather uh, would you rather have had two Green Goblins or Electro? Because I would have looked for the Electro. You know they what? Brought, they should have brought in Rhino instead. Call me... Cur- <laughs> God, no. Call me crazy, <laughs> but I actually would have liked to have seen uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin inter- interacting with a version of his son from a different universe. That would I have did, been I did trippy, think honestly. about that, but not the problem is not that one, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, who was it? Uh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Um, well, maybe what they could have done is they could have brought him in for like five seconds, and uh, and uh, Willem Dafoe just says, "You're not my son," and then kills him with a glider. That would have actually not been bad. Because Marvel, ooh, that would have been Marvel, dark. Well, Marvel will show within five months from this that they have no problem introducing game-changing characters and then immediately killing them off. Yeah, I, that was actually one of, another favorite scene when. Uh, or Norman is at the thing. He's like, someone's living in my house, and there is no Oscorp. And yeah, uh, that was good. Also, don't invite me on for Multiverse of Madness unless you want to hear me just rant for for an hour and a half. I will oh. invite you on for that. Okay. Oh, I, I definitely want to see that. I definitely want to hear that. <laughs> Come in. <too. laughs> um, oh, oh, and then we'll finish off the three Peter Parkers: Tom Holland. Andrew Garfield and Toby McGuire. Mm. They're all back. So, the gang's back. The gang's all here. Um, one thing real quick, I noticed a lot of discourse on different social media when this came out. People being like, man, you know, maybe Andrew Garfield was kind of slept on as Spider-Man. And I was just over here feeling uh, vindicated. Word to a dashboard. Um, because that was something I had been saying since like 2014. Yeah, I it's well, it's funny cuz like I remember after I saw this um my barber had asked me if all three Spider-Man were in it cuz this was before that was known and I told him they were and he's like, "Oh, Tobey Maguire, he's the worst Spider-Man." And I was like, "I mean, I make that's harsh. I thought he did well, but I guess technically he's the worst." Oh, dude, someone booed uh Tobey Maguire at my theater. <laughs> What? I didn't have any yes, booze. dude. But I'll tell you, uh, well, I'll get to it when we get to it, but, yeah. Yeah. Of all the, of all the, in my I opinion. Know. I thought the same thing. I don't think any of them are bad. 
I think they all just encompass different parts, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's now, kind of a weird to see somebody boo him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I thought Andrew Garfield did a nice job. I wish he'd get. I thought the Amazing Spider-Man was about as good as the Spider-Man one, and I thought Amazing Spider-Man two was kind of bad. So it'd be nice to see him get a, a third one that was good. I mean, I, I don't know. Just. I don't know what Sony's doing, but I don't know. I just have Madam Web like transport him in or something. I don't know. I, I really <laughs> don't know what Sony's doing. It's like they still have no Spider Man and I don't know. I think Madam Web is uh the fact that he's not in it, I was like if he was in it, I could see it people just being curious, but without that it's like, okay, I hope people I hope Sydney Sweeney's as big a star as Sony thinks she is. I'll just say that because I think that one's gonna be a, a big, pretty big bomb. Yeah. Oh well, let's jump into the plot because. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. So we open with uh, Mysterio telling everyone Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and J. Jonah Jameson spreading his fake news that Mysterio is the greatest hero ever, and Spider-Man web-slings MJ away from the mob of people. They head back to where Happy Hogan has uh, just been dumped by poor Aunt May. And more news comes out. Peter's arrested by the Department of Damage Control. May, MJ, Ned are also questioned by the police. So, immediate, um, you know, consequences for being a vigilante. It tells us that, hey, we're, we're following up immediately from the end of Far From Home. Yeah. And that was, I, I think I mentioned this to Simon when we did Far From Home. When they did that end credit scene, I'm like, okay, so the sequel has to come out tomorrow. Like, I cannot wait two years for this. So, But uh, now it's been two years. And uh, I remember we did a bonus episode for this and because it was it. that popular. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the uh, actress that played Betty Brant, by the way. She's in uh, the Mean Girls remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays Katie Heron. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested in musicals, man. Yeah. So we meet Peter's lawyer. It's uh, Matt Murdock. That got a big pop in the theater. Yeah, uh, I, I believe uh, the actor who portrayed Matt Murdock even said he was instructed to pause for um, for a pop, basically. <laughs> it oh, worked. Lord. It worked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, this again. This is why you, I would do the neighborhood Spider-Man. Daredevil team up with Spider-Man, Scorpion, Prowler, Kingpin. Who who says no? Other than Sony. Um, we see a glimpse of his power when he catches a brick that someone tossed through the window, and uh, they decide to move somewhere safer, so they move in with Happy. And later on, Peter, MJ, and Ned have decided to live together when they all attend MIT. And finally, the big day comes, and all of them are denied entry because it's like, hey, we think you are, um, what was it? Like, in light of recent news, uh, we don't want you. (laughs) For lack of a better term, they got quote-unquote canceled. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just... I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in real quick. Why then did Flash, who proclaimed to be Peter Parker's best friend, get accepted? 
That's a good well, be- point. <laughs> well, because he was smart enough to make a book that was apparently making some money. That's okay. true. I so well, his, then, I yeah, his his family in the movie. If you look at like some of the Easter eggs, his family's rich, but his parents seem to not have much to do with him. Like I remember mm-hmm. when Peter looked at his texts with those glasses and is like, "Is Dad gonna meet us at the airport?" And it's like, "LOL, no." <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. He's supposed to be the venom people are pegging, which I yeah. mean, makes sense. There's no Eddie Brock, so yeah. Um, jump it, jump it back to uh previous scene uh i really appreciated the fact that it was damage control that was the one that was investigating him if you don't remember damage control was the joint venture between that initially started between stark mm-hmm. industries and the government once the events of the avengers took place one of the reasons why adrian toombs lost his job and lost that that big contract to and didn't get compensated for it yep so big- what initially started so initially started out as a pro. It's it's crazy how they've been there to solve problems, but they've also caused a lot. And now they're coming back. Something that Stark in, got involved in is coming back to bite Peter. Another thing to really point out is that there have been a lot of comparisons between Spider-Man and Iron Man, obviously because of how he's been portrayed in these movies. But Peter has made it known several to- times that he. Peter came to realize that he didn't want to be the next Iron Man and that he didn't want to accept that position and just wanted to do his own thing. Well, let's look at the facts about Spider-Man in this current situation. He's a he's a public hero in New York. He's an Avenger. And he's one of the most famous people on the planet. This movie literally put Peter Parker into Tony Stark's shoes. Yeah. I was going to say a big week for damage control. They won the Rumble and the women's tag belts, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Peter, he feels responsible for his friends not getting into MIT, so he visits Doctor Strange. Also, uh, Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme because Strange blipped for five years. Mm. So Peter asked Strange if he could travel back in time and undo what Mysterio said. And Strange says, well, I can't do that. I don't have the time stone even if I wanted to. And Strange says, well, there could be a way. There's a way, there's a spell that we can make people forget where Spider-Man, that you were Spider-Man. And Wong's like, don't do that spell. It's a borderline dark magic. Strange decides to do it anyway. As Strange is casting the spell, Peter keeps altering it. Like, well, maybe MJ. Well, maybe Ned. And May should know. And Strange says, stop tampering with my spell. You're screwing it up. And Peter's like, well, also, Happy Hogan. This was a great line. He's like, Happy. He's like, no, I'm annoyed. It's like, no, no, that is Happy. So then Trange, uh, he tries to do the spell, but he just says, forget it. He puts it all in a box. He's like, you ruined it. I can't. I shut down the spell because you kept changing it and screwing it up. And he says, you know, I mean, they should have just cast a spell saying, everyone forget what Mysterio said. Movie's over. But. Again, I won't be that guy. But no, uh, no, no, no. This is a very valid criticism. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a pretty um, major thing. Every, everyone forget what Mysterio said. Bam. Yeah. Um, also, he should he should have just explained the goddamn spell. Because I'm pretty sure if Strange is like, hey, look, tell me all the people you want to know. If you can, limit it to three. Here's the, here's the three he's gonna pick: Aunt May, Ned, and MJ. Everybody else doesn't necessarily need to know. And and if they do need to know, he can just tell them, because 
Happy Hogan has memories of working with Spider-Man, as we clearly saw later in the movie. And you could just imagine that every time he thinks of Peter, he just thinks of Spider-Man with a mask on. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of okay with it because in my mind, Peter doesn't take magic seriously and just thinks it's like, it's magic and do whatever. And in Doctor Strange's mind, it's like, no, it's, it's, it's got to be done a certain way or else you ruined it. And that's the way I took it is whereas Peter's like, it's magic. You just do whatever you want. And it's strange. is like, no, you can't just do whatever you want. That's not how magic works. That was my takeaway. But, uh, anyway, it, it's how we're setting everything up. So it's fine. So he, uh, strange is like, you know, he, he, well, Peter points out that he didn't even call MIT to plead his case. And Strange is like, well, you should uh, absolutely do that before we cast the spell, you idiot. Why didn't you do that? So it turns out someone at the MIT admissions is stuck in traffic on the way to the airport. So, to be fair, I'm a two-time college grad, and I didn't know you could appeal those decisions either. Well, I've never been denied, but I've also never applied to anywhere that exclusive, so... <laughs> It was a, uh, yeah. So, uh, he finds her. He makes a poorly pleaded case when suddenly the bridge is attacked by Dr. Octopus. So, Dr. Octopus, um, he's like, where's my machine, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand? And Spider-Man's like, what are you talking about? And so, Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus fight. They battle with Peter using his uh, spare arms, which was kind of neat. And the fight ends when Spider-Man's nano-suit pairs with Dr. Octopus's arms and disables him. And then, well, during this, Dr. Octopus unmasks Spider-Man. He's like, you're not Peter. And Peter's confused. He's like, what is going on? Also, the college admissions lady is saved and says she'll put in a good word for Peter and his friends. We briefly see the Green Goblin glide in when uh, uh, Dr. Octopus identifies him. But then... Spider-Man is transported to Doctor Strange's basement. Oct- uh, Doctor Octopus and Lizard, who was previously uh, incarcerated, um, are in their little cells. And Strange explains that he contained the spell, but something went wrong. Other dimensions of people who knew Spider-Man as Peter Parker squeezed through. Not all of them, but some of them. For legal reasons, not James Franco. Yes. So uh, Strange makes a weapon to ter- uh, transport them into their prison, and Peter brings in MJ and Ned, and Ned drops the line about, hey, you know, my grandma says magic runs in my family, which uh, could be played off, uh, paid off in Spider-Man 4 or 5, something. Ned finds a disturbance, and they suspect it's Norman Osborn, because, as I said, Dr. Octopus knows him, and Spider-Man heads to the woods, where the disturbance is Electro. And, uh, yeah, I already mentioned Electro doesn't really know him, but it's fine. But, uh, whatever. Some Electro variant. There you go. So, also, Sandman shows up, and he helps (laughs) Spider-Man initially. Uh, Spider-Man sends Electro to the prison, and Sandman's like, how'd you do that? Would you kill him? What's going on? And he's like, you're not, Peter. I don't know you. And then he sends Sandman in as well. I gotta say, all these fights so far have just been fantastic. Just what all the people who had problems with Iron Spider suit and how it looks and blah blah blah. How else were we gonna get to see 
uh, I, I, Spider-Man with eight limbs, uh, four extra limbs fight Dr. Octopus. Agreed. You know, <laughs> seeing uh, Spider-Man turning his suit inside out with all the electrical components basically protecting him even more so than usual, uh, helping him fight against Electro. Just really cool stuff that I'm really, I'm really glad that we got to see, hell, him teaming up with Sandman. It's cool. Yeah, Sandman, I didn't think really worked in that Spider-Man universe. It was just, for me, it was just too goofy. Like, I, I mean, Sandman as a villain is fine, but in that world, I didn't buy it. In this world, I do. So, I'm fine with Sandman. So, Electro and Lizard, they play catch-up because they knew each other. Then we cut to Norman, who uh, he's where he shatters his Green Goblin mask, so that's gone. He visits Aunt May at the homeless shelter feast, which is a shout out Spider-Man the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Peter comes down and Norman explains like, you know, someone lives in my house and there's no Oscorp. And Peter says, well, we need to send him back home. It's the best thing for them. But May says it's best thing for you, but not for them. And Peter takes Norman to the prison. Dr. Octopus, big spoiler. He's like, you know, you die. <laughs> and, uh, Sandman informs them both, uh, you're also dead too, uh, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. And they all keep telling each other their own fates. When uh, Strange comes in, has the, uh, he's got this magic, uh, the box thing to send them back. And Spider-Man says, well, wait a minute. If, uh, if we send them back, uh, some of them are going to die. And Strange says, well, that's their fate. We can't screw up the multiverse. Yeah. And Strange is about to do the spell. The villains all look really nervous, and Spider-Man snatches the device. Strange chases after him. He eventually sends him to the Mirror Dimension, and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange have a pretty incredible battle in the Mirror Universe, where everything is upside down and wacky. And Peter uses geometry to trap Strange, took the magic box and the transporter ring. I did like when he pulled the ring off. He's like, ow. <laughs> Which... If you ever yank a ring off, that does hurt. So uh, Peter gets back to the prison and explains, listen, I want to save you guys and give you a second chance. And of course the villains are all on board with this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to die. So up first is Dr. Octopus. Lucky for them, they appear to be in the universe where technology is the most advanced. So, And there's magic, so that helps. So Peter discovers the chip that connects his arms to his brain was fry, and that's why the arms kind of control him. He makes a new one. He's fixed. Electro's next. Electro, he still wants this new universe power, but he sits there as this device works to drain his power from his body. He's not too happy, but he's like, all right. Uh, but there is a problem. This was great. So Peter's spider sense is going off. But he's just yeah. walking around the apartment, like, what's going on? And we see that Norman has been taken over by the Green Goblin. And Goblin says, we don't need to be fixed or saved. We are the cure. And so Electro's like, yeah, he's right. He pulls the thing off his chest. He takes a uh, arc reactor, which was uh, Happy's little invention, which gives him more power. He also fries Dr. Octopus's chip. He's like, I like you better before. So the villains all turn back to villains, and they go on a rampage. Goblin hops on the glider, tosses a pumpkin bomb, which hits May. May tells Peter... And it Peter, didn't turn her into a skeleton. It did not. 
No, he's yeah. downgraded his pumpkin bombs. Yeah. And uh, can I just <laughs> no, go ahead because we're about to hit a big scene. <laughs> the biggest. Every everything from the scene where Peter and MJ, sorry, Peter and May meet the Green Goblin to basically the end of the movie is straight gas. So there's so many things to talk about. First of all, I appreciate the present how this is presented. My aunt may realize that this man needs help and that there's technology and things that can be done to help people here. Peter realized, thinks, well, these people aren't my problem. They came from other universes. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about their universes. If we just send them home, that's the best way to make sure they're okay. And he's initially going along with that until he learns that nearly all of those villains end up dying against fighting Spider-Man, which calls into his morality into question. This speaks to his level of responsibility as a superhero way more than other depictions have. It's kind of one of the things I like about Homecoming and that in Homecoming, he was those him fighting and making sure those weapons stayed off the streets was him looking out for people he wouldn't even meet. But in this situation, he knows these people and he recognizes that there is a chance that they can be helped, especially since most of them are essentially ex- science experiments gone bad. Yeah. So him going out of his way to help them speaks to just how how much he's grown as a superhero. He's not doing this for fame. He's not doing this because he has something to prove. He's doing this because he morally objects to it. Also, <laughs> uh, I'd also like to the, the debate is is relatively complex because in those situations both people are justified. Strange is looking at this from an overall perspective and protecting the multiverse. Protecting the multiverse is easiest if you just send these guys back home and they deal with whatever issues that they brought upon themselves. Because most of the people in the situation did these things to themselves with the exception of Sandman and Electro. Yep. So so either way, he's like, yeah, some people people will die, but this is not the first time that Stephen Strange has killed somebody or led to somebody being killed. He saw what happened to Tony Stark. He told him carte blanche directly to his face in Infinity War. If it comes between you or the kid to protect the Time Stone, I won't let you die. The universe is not worth you to. So he has no problem making these decisions. And also, with Peter's side, like I said, it's a morality thing. If you have the power to help somebody and you don't do it, are you at fault? There's a lot of this can double for a multitude of arguments and uh, different scenarios, and it's really, really good. I also genuinely appreciate the depiction of Peter Parker's uh, spider sense in both scenes. The fight with Doctor Strange with the astral projection. You see the little lines on Peter's head and how everything just slows down for Peter when he gets a spider sense in the apartment. He, tur- he closes his eyes to focus more, and he immediately knows what to do next. Mm-hmm. Some really, well, that, and also, <laughs> I'm sorry, one more oh, thing. Go ahead. The fact that <laughs> Green Goblin did a spine buster on Spider-Man, yeah, all the way down to the ground, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. Uh, Aunt May's going to weigh in on this debate that you just raised. She tells Peter that he's doing the right thing, and with great power comes great responsibility. She collapses. I got to chime in. Now go ahead. That is a great line, but that is absolutely terrible placement for that line. 
<laughs> like it screamed of it screamed of hey we got to get this in here somewhere oh we're about to kill her off let's do it right now <laughs> you could have done it you could have done it two scenes ago when they when they were at feast talking to green goblin yeah you're not wrong the best part I, I think uh, Uncle Ben, when he was in the car, when he dropped Peter off at the wrestling show, uh, I think that was probably the best placement because it felt natural Yeah. right there. But yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, teared, I did tear up when Peter was like, May, wake up. What are you doing? That was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish you could have gotten more from her. And, and this is one of the reasons why... I like Far From Home, but I don't think it's a perfect movie by any chance. There's a lot more we could have got out of those two and their dynamic. And while I don't disapprove of the decision to kill her off for what it leads to and how it affects Peter as a character, I realize, I just realized that a lot of her in Far From Home was just played for laughs again. And I feel like that was the time to take the character a bit more seriously so that it could have an effect on Peter. And we don't, that chance won't be there anymore because, well, now she's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like going forward, Peter being completely alone, but also RIP to a real one. Sad. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so Peter then stands in the rain, watches J. Jonah Jameson run him down, saying, wherever Spider-Man goes, ruin follows, and we're left to pick up the pieces. And he's not wrong. No, no. he's not. So, cut to Ned's house. He tries to see Peter with the uh, teleport ring. And he gets it working a little bit. And he opens a portal, and they see Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man runs into the portal. He pulls his mask off. It's Andrew Garfield. My theater erupted. (laughs) Look, that was massive. I've never, never seen a pop like that in a movie theater. So... He explains he's Peter Parker in his universe, and Ned tries to do it again. Portal opens, and in walks a cool youth pastor, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. And they explain they're both Spider-Men in the sense that Spider-Man here needs our help. and Well, they sense that Spider-Man here needs our help. They determine Peter went to the roof of the high school where he goes to get away. And this scene I loved. Tom Holland tells... Uh, I'm just going to refer to their actors' names right now. Tom Holland tells uh, Spider-Man, the Spider-Men, uh, don't tell me what you know what it feels like. And they're like, well, actually we do. Andrew Garfield's like, yeah, I got my girlfriend killed. Uh, she fell, he, she's like, she's my MJ. And she fell down a bell tower and cracked her head. And Tobey Maguire's like, yeah, and my Uncle Ben was killed. And it was basically my fault because I didn't do anything to the guy to stop him. Andrew Garfield then explains it's uh I got rageful and bitter and I didn't and uh, I didn't like who I became. That sounds like it could have been a cool movie, but we never saw it. Yeah. Uh, Hell, this is this isn't even a movie that was set up in the Amazing Spider-Man two. It ends with him being happy and slapping Ryan over a goddamn sewer crate. <laughs> That's true, and uh, a deleted scene with Mary Jane. Uh, <laughs> Toby Maguire says, I hunted down the man who killed Ben and got what I wanted, but it didn't make it better. Then all three Spider-Men share that they knew the phrase, with great power comes great responsibility. So Yeah, but Andrew Garfield was like, well, my uncle said something vaguely similar, but it was a little more wordy. But, you know, it is the gist of it, yeah. <laughs> so the three Spider-Men get to work in the lab. Like I said, the technology here is way better than in their universes, so... 
Uh, they work to fix the villains. Ned asked Toby Maguire about his Ned. This was a good line. Toby's like, Toby brings up uh, James Franco's uh, Harry Osborne. And he's like, my best friend died in my arms when he tried to kill me. It was heartbreaking. He's like, oh. Which actually pays off when Ned tells uh, Peter, I won't be a supervillain and try to kill you. Which everyone seems to think he's going to be Hobgoblin at some point. Yeah, he's going to be the Hobgoblin. Come on now. Yeah. A hobgoblin with magic. A hobgoblin with magic and tech. Because let's not forget, Ned is smart as hell. Yeah, got an MIT. I kind of want to see it a little bit. I, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll save it for uh, Spider-Man 5. we got to get through 4 first. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, he got into MIT. Mm-hmm. It said nothing about a scholarship. Ooh. So, the Spider-Men come up with a plan to lure the villains to one place, and the three will use their cures on the villains. So... Tom Holland calls uh, J. Jonah Jameson, tells him he's at the Statue of Liberty. And I like J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. is like, oh, you're going to destroy another national landmark. It's like, yeah, they, they did. <laughs> yeah. Could have just gone to, like, Central Park, where it's like, yeah, you might knock down some trees, but I guess the Statue of Liberty's out in the middle of nowhere. But... They should have gone to, if they wanted to go to a real, like, cultural touchstone in New York, they should have gone to Monk's Cafe. <laughs> Could have. Or, uh... Oh yeah, or the the restaurant, um, what is it? Central Perk. That was it. Yeah, yeah, the coffee shop. So uh, I like the Statue of Liberty is now holding Captain America's shield instead of the torch. That's a good yeah. touch. As they, I guess, if you saved half the planet, you know, that's worth uh, altering the Statue of Liberty for. So as they wait on the villains, we get some really good dialogue. I liked this. Tobey Maguire is talking about. The web coming out of his wrists, and they're like, "Is it coming out anywhere else?" Which, <laughs> yeah. And they compare villains. I like this. Where Andrew Garfield's like, "I want to fight an alien," and he, they're like, "I fought a big uh, rhinoceros man," and yeah, that was fun. So, um, which is why, by the way, Andrew Garfield needs a new uh, movie. Put him in the uh, the Sony verse. Let him fight Eddie Brock's Venom. Yeah. 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 Come on. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure why they didn't do both. I always assumed that they were going to come back to those movies once, come back to some type of Spider-Man villainy. They clearly tried to tease that with Morbius of all things, but um. Yeah. I just. Yeah. Like I said, based on the rumors, Andrew Garfield's not in, um, Madam Web, which it's like. Why are we... How many Spider-Man movies does Sony plan on making without Spider-Man? Who knows? But, I, but I don't know. hey, maybe maybe we get, like, a... Kind of like a Kill the Justice League thing where, like, he comes into Venom 3, but he's, like, a bizarro, like, this evil version of Spider-Man that doesn't... Like he had said, doesn't pull his punches. Isn't that what... Isn't that the story of Madam Web, though? Is it? Hell, I don't know. My only experience with <laughs> Matt... My only experience with Madame Web was from the animated show where uh, she basically, she kept saying she was testing Peter and ultimately she was testing him for two things. One, Secret War, which was actually pretty well done in the animated show. And then the um, the ultimate test, which maybe you could do Tom Holland for this, or uh, sorry, Andrew Garfield for this, I don't know. Where they bring all the Spider-Men together because um, Spider-Carnage uh, has basically 
taken over a device that will destroy all universe, the whole multiverse, and uh, they save him. And then Spider-Man thanks Stanley for creating him, which is very funny. <laughs> That's how the show ends. He just goes to our universe, and Stanley's like, "Wow!" He's like, "Thanks for creating me." That's how the show ends. There we go. Yeah, that's how the that's how the MCU should end. Just a cameo of Stanley. Just be like, thank you. Um, Eddie, I got some bad news. What? Stanley is dead, sir. Ah, who cares? Yeah, you could use. Oh, is that Mike Francesa? <laughs> that is Mike Francesa. Yeah, you could do a CGI Stanley. AI AI Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Ooh. who cares? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of my favorite clips. Yeah, there we go. That's solid. Uh, so this huge battle erupts because the villains show up now, and all but Green Goblin, he's not there yet. So they, uh, the three Spider-Men, initially they they do not do very well. They're not working together. Again, they're ass beat, and they come up with a plan. They're like, okay, let's work together this time. Uh, and Tom Holland's like, I'll be Peter one. Uh, Toby Maguire's Peter Two and Tom or uh, Andrew Garfield Peter Three, which is now how I refer to them. So they decide to work together. Like let's let's single one out, take him out, and then we'll we'll work on the rest. So they first take out Sandman. Bomb explodes. His powers vanish. He was really only interested in like going home. So he was more yeah. just annoyed with this whole situation. So yeah. he was the easiest. Next up is Electro, who's, uh, as I said, wearing the Happy's Arc Reactor for power. He looks way better with yellow than Dr. Manhattan or whatever that was supposed to be. <laughs> so he's about to actually finish off uh, two of the Peters when Dr. Octopus pulls the, uh, the face turn, attaches the device to his chest um, that uh, drains him of his power. So Dr. Octopus did not need uh, saving. Yeah. Also, Lizard, he bites into a gas bomb, which creates the cure for him. So he's back to Kurt Connors. And just then, Ned opens a portal, and in comes Doctor Strange, who's like, my god, what have you guys done? So, Chuck Bickin and Electro, and he's... This was great. He's disappointed Andrew Garfield isn't black. Yeah. He says there's got to be a black Spider-Man somewhere. Huh? Miles Morales? Miles Morales? Yeah. Spider-Man 4? Yeah, Come yeah. on. Kind of like Simon said. Yeah, kind of like Simon said. That definitely was not subtle at all. No. But, hey, that's why I said end credit scene where Miles uh, gets bit by a spider. Yeah. Or you could just, yeah, do it that way. You know, if they wanted to be less on the nose, they could have had him say, man, you know, I just thought you were half black, half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I always wondered, because Morales is Miles' mom's last name. Yeah. Doesn't the son... Yeah. I've never I've never heard of the son taking the mom's last name in a family. Um, because they were not... Uh, because Rio and Jefferson were not married when Miles was born. But even then, you usually... I know kids born not, out of wedlock, and they usually... Uh, they take the uh, the dad's last name. Not always, man. I guess not. No. I'm not judging. Plus, he's not real, so who cares? <laughs> uh, so, in comes Dr. Oct... No, sorry, he's already come. In comes Green Goblin. 
He tosses in a pumpkin bomb into Strange's magic box and blows it up. Well, now we're in big trouble. And the explosion nearly kills MJ when Peter 3 gets a redemption when he saves her from falling. I loved that. That was great. That got a mild pop in the theater. Yeah. But the box blowing up has uh, released the spell because Doctor Strange said he contained it. Well, now it's released and the entire universe, everyone and across every universe who knows Peter Parker Spider-Man is starting to come through. And I uh, don't worry, I will get to the Easter eggs. Finally, Peter won and Goblin land on the big shield for the final battle. Peter beats yeah. the hell out of him. Yeah. Even hits a power bomb. I caught they, that. They alluded to it earlier when, um, you know, they were talking about, oh, hey, we can do this for this guy and this for this guy. And Toby Maguire says, well, we got to heal them all. Yeah. And Tom Holland kind of looks at him. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to that point, you <laughs> sure. knew, like, no, Tom Holland had no intention. No intention of uh, letting Norman Osborn leave there alive. No. To be fair, to be fair, when he gave him that serum, he technically did kill the goblin. Well, that's fair true. Enough. So, yeah, Peter 1 is about to impale Norman with the glider when Peter 2 stops him. Goblin then stabs Peter 2 in the back with his blade. Uh, Peter 1 hits Norman with the cure. And he seems to be back to his old self. He's like, what have I done? But then the portal is opening, and all the people in every universe who know Spider-Man is Peter start to pour through. We get a silhouette of Kraven, of Scorpion, of Rhino, and the six-armed Spider-Man. And some people say they've seen Black Cat. I have not. I didn't. I, I can't. Sure, whatever. It's Black Cat. So we see all that. I'm sorry, really quick. The only criticism criticism I have of the Peter versus Green Goblin fight round two, um, where's the where's the battle damage? Where's the blood? You just took a bomb to the face. Well, it's still Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, Peter tells Strange, you know what? No more dicking around. Just cast the first spell that you were going to cast. No modifications. Let everyone forget. And Peter then tells the Peters goodbye. Would have been nice if Strange did like a healing spell on Tobey Maguire. Like, he did get stabbed in the back with a long blade. So, <laughs> or at least, say, when you tell, teleport me back, maybe drop me out in front of a hospital. Yeah. So, Peter tells Ned and MJ goodbye. MJ tells Peter, I figured out who you were, who you were once, and I'll do it again. They share a kiss. All the villains vanish. The portal closes. And Strange, Strange finishes the spell. We see it works, because J. Jonah Jameson brings up the incident on Liberty Island. He's like, and if we ever find out who this Spider-Man is... So... Which, hey, by the way, that's another thing you could do. Uh, Madam Web could be like, I need a hero to uh, save this universe from all these weird villains. Uh, I can't seem to remember who that Spider-Man was that defeated Thanos. Uh, I guess I'll just pick uh, Andrew Garfield. There you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So Peter goes to visit MJ at her work. And he orders a coffee. She doesn't know who he is, just a customer. We see Ned got into MIT and her. And he's going to strike up a conversation, but he has a whole prepared statement, but he just leaves, doesn't read it. Sad, yeah. very heartbreaking. He, d- he decides not to do the whole uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind on her. Yeah. So. I really appreciate the fact that it happened. He only makes that decision 
he initially just didn't feel like doing it at the moment because because it was just a little awkward. But as he she was warming up to him, he was probably about to. He sees that scar in the band, or rather, he sees the band aid. And I immediately wrote down J. Jonah Jameson's quote on that big Titan Tron. Everything Spider-Man touches goes to ruin. And we, the innocent, are left to pick up the pieces. And I got to wonder if a part of him thought about that when he saw that scar or when he saw the bandage and immediately thought, it's going to hurt. I'm going to be alone, but they'll be safe. Nice. That's deep. That's great analysis. Then Peter visits uh, Aunt May's grave, sees Happy's there. He doesn't know him either. So Peter then moves into a dumpy apartment. Hopefully the door, he doesn't have to worry about his landlord fixing the door. <laughs> He's. Uh, we see him studying for his GED because the school has no record of him, as we can uh, surmise. Yeah, is he going by Ben Riley now? <laughs> we could. That would, listen- be not, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And this is why we need to finish off with the uh, the the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man because he's in this dumpy apartment and he's listening to the police scanner, the old school back to basic Spider-Man. He swings into action, perfect way to set up friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Roll credits, but wait, mid-credit scene. There's someone else who knew Peter was Spider-Man who was brought into this world, but because he was not in New York City. He was not teleported to New York City, and if you listen to Let There Be Carnage, you know it's Venom, because they have the hive mind, and uh, Topher Grace knew who Spider-Man was, so ergo, Eddie Brock does. Mm-hmm. So Tom, uh, Tom Hardy, he's sitting at a bar, and he's drunk, and he's like, okay, so let me get this straight, and he's getting everything straight, he's getting filled in on the blip and Thanos and all that. And then he just vanishes. So that's his part in the movie. But there's a piece of symbiote that is left. Like I said, let it it make its way from Mexico to New York. And that'll be the end credit in Spider-Man 4. And then another post-credit scene is just a trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Very misleading. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with that one. Like, a trailer, that just seems kind of lazy. In in subsequent movies, when they put it back out with those added details and stuff, I believe it was the report from that, uh, the girl playing Betty Brant, and it kind of showed how new new images have kind of been altered. Like, a picture that clearly had Peter's face shows, like, a bird in front of it and other things. So it did. So it did tamper with physical media. So I'm sure anybody who wrote down or has a video where they say Spider-Man's identity has probably changed to Spider-Man is a killer or something generic. Hey, there you go. That's that's why uh, that's why Tom Holland couldn't just whip out a phone and record before the spell because then the video would have been deleted or something. Hmm. That's what I'm going with. Plot hole fixed. Sure. What are, what are we grading this movie? All right. So I'm going to take the lead here. Um, no, this was very good. This was very good. Awesome experience in the theater as well. Uh, very good storytelling. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Again, the placement of that quote, I just can't get over. Like It, it felt like they were like, oh, shit, we got to get that in here. Do it now. And then, and... Um, so that's half a point right there that I deducted. The other half a point, 
this quote unquote humor, dude, man, it just doesn't age well at all. Aging like milk. It's corny. So nine out of 10, but I did really enjoy what I saw. I want to, I want to stress that more than anything. So nine out of 10. Simon. Yeah. Um, there are some plot holes and things that really don't make sense as we've already discussed with Jamie Foxx, uh, him knowing Spider-Man, him being a variant, I get, it's, it's fine overall. It doesn't, it doesn't need to come into, you don't need to think about it too much. But then you think about, well, how does Sandman know that Green Goblin was impaled on his own glider? Because that was never reported. It makes sense that Octavius knew something like that because he he probably was uh, kept abreast upon what Oscorp was working on and knew Norman personally, probably met him once or twice, given the fact that Oscorp was sponsoring Dr. Octavius' work to begin with. Yes. And there's also the fact that it kind of doesn't it doesn't make too much sense that a spell of forgetting Peter Parker would erase the initial spell. It's kind of it's a little confusing from that end. But overall, this is an incredibly fun and a well uh, and a well executed movie that not only gives us a nostalgia trip with Toby and Andrew Spider-Man, but also completes the arc that was set up with with Tom's Peter. And one of the things I appreciate with him the most is the fact we saw all the buildup of him as a good guy and as someone who has all these nice things in his life. In Homecoming, he didn't lose. All he lost was the affection of the, his high school crush. And Far From Home, he lost his identity. Or rather, he lost his secret identity. And in No Way Home, he gives up his identity so that the so that the his universe can be safe. This is not only one of the biggest sacrifices that any Peter has made, but he has suffered the most loss of any Peter because Toby's Peter has MJ, Aunt May, for forever long she may live. Andrew's Peter still has Aunt May, presumably. He also has Flash Thompson, who is, seems to be a friend of his uh, now. Deleted Toby, scene, Mary Jane. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Tom's Peter has nobody right now. It's not even. We're not even sure if people outside of the outside of Earth know. So Nick Fury was on Saber, but there's no guarantee that Nick that that he. It's more than likely, considering that magic was used, that he doesn't remember him either. So he has no one else to rely on. He is entirely and utterly alone. And what they do with this character is fantastic in this movie. I'm glad I went to see it as many times as I did. I've owned it on DVD. I, I got the digital codes and everything for it because it's just that good. And I gave this movie a 9 out of 10. All right, two nines. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the in-theater experience was up there for me as far as movies, how fun it was. I mean, look, yes, there are plot holes you can pick at, but... You know, I'll I'll focus on the positives because they took two different Spider-Man franchises and seamlessly combined them into one movie, which they, I mean, like the other, 
you know, when 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 Sony made the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, they had no idea that this movie was going to happen. Same with Andrew Garfield when they made that one. So to be able to take two movies that had no idea that this movie was going to be made and the only real plot hole is, well, Electro, it's just so well done. They picked all the right villains. Like you said, maybe the, the Norman, you know, that could have been interesting, but or uh, Harry, not Norman. But, yeah, they picked all the right villains, I think. The action was great. The story is great. I, you know, this movie... And it's it's kind of sad even looking back because it's like this was like the last time I watched a Marvel movie. I mean, I I did like uh, Guardians three, but this was the last time I watched a Marvel movie where I was like, man, that was incredible. And I just like I said, felt it a little bit with Guardians three, but nothing like this. So I just hope uh, they can recapture it because this was uh, this was something um, I've only given. Two tens before Guardians two and Infinity War. Uh, I'm gonna go with ten. I I loved it. I really loved it. It's a high ten. I'm not gonna break the scale. Only Catwoman gets that honor. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll, I'm going uh, ten. So nine nine ten. Pretty high. Yeah, pretty good high. average here. Yeah. Good average here. Next week we got another good one next week. Netflix. We hardly ever use Netflix, but it's here. It is the Batman on Netflix. So the Batman on Netflix, huh? Yeah, it is on Netflix and Max. I found this but, on the web. Sorry, Siri just wanted to chime in there. Well, yeah. So Batman, the Batman, rather Netflix, Max. There you go. That will kick off 2022. Yeah, we're getting, so we're getting we're getting close. I, highly gonna, unlikely, highly unlikely that I'm on that episode. So I just want to say, like, funny enough, um, that is like the night I went to see the Batman was also the night I decided, hey, let's cut weight for real. All right. True story. Well, open invite for the Batman. I haven't really put too much thought into who might be the guest, but uh, yeah, yeah, open invite for for both of you. Um, mm. It is a three-hour movie, so well, you know. But, yeah, and it drags in some of that for sure, but still yeah. a very good time. But my weekend's hey. wide open because there's no football. Sad. But. Yeah, uh, you can watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, sure. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, come on now. But yeah, the Batman is uh, next week, so I will get out of here with a quote. Had to do. I I, I was initially going to do with great power, great, but we've talked about that throughout the movie. This is one of my favorite memes. It is uh, Norman Osborn, <clears throat> and I. Uh, by the way, they threw this in here knowing, like the whole winking at the audience, knowing that, uh, yeah, you guys will get it. <clears throat> You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Now this is what it's like when worlds collide. Now this is what it's like when worlds collide. Now this is what it's like.